Hello everybody and welcome to WTS 261, what's the story, 262, correct myself, we're rusty, we're rusty. We're rusty, uh, Yeah, my name is Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan. Uh, Mero, it has been a while, it's been a minute since we last uh, done one of these. Been a how, minute, everyone how, says that now, don't they? It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, how are you keeping, my friend? Good, I went back to the office today for the first time in over two years. And how was the experience? It was an enjoyable experience, one that I will be doing, partaking in once every two weeks. Thank you. Excellent, my friend. Excellent. Um, That's all I'm giving, once every two weeks. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Um, Look, I'm I'm a big fan of working from home. Mm. Big fan of working from home. And I think it's something that should stay forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Mero, the last time you and I spoke on this podcast, we made the absolute classic mistake that we've only done once before of saying, we have a doozy of a podcast lined up for you. And then it all went to shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> it we, always does. We, so we're not doing that anymore. No, we're not. We're not. We're, yeah, we're, we're absolutely not giving any window into what's coming down the track because the world we're living in is so unpredictable between, we. I think it's been about six weeks. We, we had about four and a half, four, I'm going to say four and a half, right? I'm going to say we have four and a half podcasts lined up the last time we spoke. That's very every fucking one of them hit the skids on us, man. True. Through fucking COVID and stag deals and fucking the all kinds of manner of illness and other shit hitting the fan. Every podcast we've tried to do over the last couple of months. But look, it gave us a little bit of a break as well. And there's no harm in that. I, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll do what we want. We're an independent podcast. We this is it. Hobby. You know Forget what I mean? They're we we, saturated podcast market. We are the best. We don't they're have. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Up breath the hitman heart. But we don't have to answer to Manscaped anymore where we have to put out an episode every week. <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody to keep there's nobody to keep us honest anymore we'll do what no. we want we'll Thank do God. what we want we're Ireland's number one and we'll do what we want to paraphrase a football team that I don't like um, Graham Graham, yes. Graham 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 uh, we won't bother a preamble our guest is is, is uh, such an enjoyable fellow that I don't think we need to do any preamble we'll just go straight into it joining us now we have the co-founder of the Tortoise Shack and presenter of the Eco Chamber podcast Tony Groves, thanks Tony for joining us. Oh, oh, cheers, lads. Thanks. It's great to it's great to it's great to talk to you. So eventually, uh, eventually, yeah. No, and and, and I, I put it mostly at my door, Mero, and thanks for your patience. No, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> uh, is it, it's not echo chamber, Mero. Yeah, no, it no, is. It is, but but he said eco. You know, we, we let him we let him away with it because gross. it makes us it makes I mean, us sound more green. It does, but I just I like to pull Graham up on things uh, when he when he gets them wrong. It's uh, I put it on me hobbies and interests on me CV at this point. So I mean, but uh, Tony, yeah, thanks, Mill, for joining us, man. It is great to, to finally get to chat to you, and um, I'm not putting any blame at your door. I'm putting it firmly at Marrow's door as the secretary of this podcast, responsible for putting <laughs> guests. So you know, yeah, no, look, I I'll I'll, I'll defer to you, so Danny. <laughs> Tony, the tortoise shack is is grown and grown. Um, I just have a list here of the podcast. Um, the Rebo- Reboot Republic, Glow West, Built Different, uh, Converse Trans, which that's a great name, and Policed. And, oh, there's, and there's a few more. And we've sent. I was going to say, is there any more to yeah. the list? Yeah, no, we, we're working with a couple of um, a couple of women at the moment who are going to put out a a, a really interesting take on breaking down 
academic jargon, as you know, you know, like so stuff that we we find text that you find you can't really it's inaccessible because it's hidden in all this academic jargon. They're going to do a few things on some important issues and break them down. And they're they're uh, I'm working on that. And then obviously we sent other people off into the world, which is phenomenal. Like um, when does this go out? Uh, this weekend, so Saturday or Sunday, depending yeah, on when so, I get to edit. So, 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 if you if you if you slide out to someone like the two Norries are on the late late tomorrow night, and and I did their first fifty episodes for those lads, you know. Oh, so, yeah, so so we you know we worked with them, we've worked with others, we've worked with uh, <laughs> Kieran Cunningham up in the house on last Saturday working on the Daniel Kinnahan um, first three episodes of that. Now again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a Torah Shack production. It's not, yeah. but it's just kind of you know it's that kind of your pod produced get along give along i suppose you know what i mean i yeah. much i much prefer actually the idea of because you guys know this when you you're here you're at it a few years you're mm-hmm. at it a while you look around now and it's like and everybody says a cast presents or go loud presents and you're like and they keep fucking emailing you and excuse me i hope i can swear on this but they <laughs> absolutely keep, but they keep emailing you and they're going well, why don't you join us why don't here's our here's it and you're like going because i don't want to go to corporate route you know and yeah, uh, yeah. and it's great like that but yeah the shack is Shaq's an accident. You probably know that, yeah. There was no, there was no intention to start it. It just kind of, um, you. We were talking just before we came on. You said the little room here, the little room genuinely had a sulcata tortoise wandering around in it, um, it be, and like a sulcata is the second largest land-based tortoise, like outside of a Galapagos. Um, so like, but but <laughs> brilliant, but, but would knock the shite out of his lads. I mean, <laughs> she was a beast, and um. And she used to wander around and we, we were recording with um, Izzy Kamikaze, who you might know, the, yeah, the yeah. wonderful activist and absolute trailblazer and still still at it. And she just turned around and she was sitting over there and she said, she said, this is a, a, back in the bloody tortoise shack. And I went, oh, here we go. You know? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so that was the that was the origin story, you know, <laughs> totally accidental. But, Brilliant. Uh, um, what was I going to say to you? I've been at a couple of the live shows that one recently. Now, I didn't get to one on Easter Sunday, but prior to that, um, you had guests like Austin Carroll. Mm. Um, that was the f- that was the first time I had met him. Um, yeah, yeah. But I found that interview so engaging. So um, like you said, it kind of um, it's accessible. Like mm. now, no pun intended, because Austin is a Paralympic hero. But, um, you know, it's it was like that with the um, was it police that did yeah, the uh, yeah. Stardust section absolutely again that was so accessible the solicitor there Lynn Boylan there absolutely brilliant content you're put putting out it, you know um it was it's quite funny because when we when we sat down myself and Martin I I I went out to him in Ashbourne and I said to him um I want to do a podcast and he swear to God he famously said back to me. What's well, a podcast? And I had to explain to him what it is. And he says, Yeah, let's do it. And then we said, we said, when? I said, Thursday. So Thursday evening, I'm downstairs watching the telly, and there's a knock on the door, and the other half says, Who's that? And I said, It's Martin. She goes, What does he want? I said, I think he wants to do a podcast. And I pretended I knew nothing about it after me starting like, you know. Yeah. So so we did so, but we knew that like um to be honest, we knew that there was a, a gap for all of these talented people like Austin, like um say the likes of environmental section aid mercy all these amazing people that we knew that weren't on the rotating uh column uh talk show whatever whatever the the the, the conveyor belt is and we said we could talk to all of them 
we can absolutely talk to all of them. And and we started doing that. And they're not, then, they're not people that would be on a like a Fianna Fáil women's conference. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Jesus, like they, what a screw up. But 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 I'll tell you how, where it's gone with this, uh, Mero, if you don't mind. And so yeah. just you just mentioned that straight away. My mentions fill up with people sending me private messages saying, Tony, Will you will you put on the webinar of an alternative with a diverse panel of all of this sort of stuff? And we're at the stage now where it's like, going, actually, will we will we just take the sugar club again and step out of the way and let and have a, a so so it's become something the tortoise shack that that has given people a space where they'll come to me and they'll say, I want to do this, and gobshite here, I'll go, yeah, okay, let's uh, and I'll you know I'll step back and. I can, if it means doing the mixing desk, if it means doing the production, or if it does doing, I'll, I'll do that. But, but it, I don't want to sound like 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 I had built it. I didn't build it. People built it. The people who contributed. Like there's nearly. I was looking today. The echo chamber is at episode seven hundred and ninety-two. Um, congratulations! Unreal. Yeah, and That's- and. Like and we're covering the the assembly elections in in Northern Ireland at the moment. I had the, the mayor of Belfast on and, you know, she says to me and again, the listeners, it's not I'm not letting anybody down. She said, I didn't think you were talking to me anymore. You know, and I, go, I think so. I didn't yeah. think, imagine the, the mayor of anywhere saying, I thought you were thick at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, why would I be thick at you? So, um, no, like, it's just it's a strange one. But um, we just like we found the world was very flat and you probably find that with, with podcasts. The world is very flat. You can get the people. Like, mm. like you know if like, you, you go on twitter and you go like we had naomi klein on and i was like oh, who do we know who knows naomi klein you know you're looking through and all of a sudden then you're going okay they'll get that and then obviously naomi klein has followed you and you go oh my christ i've got naomi klein and then and then no not that we're always chasing we don't chase people like that but it was particularly relevant for a, for a certain environmental thing we were we were chasing because yeah. generally we'd prefer you know austin or um like uh like I had Don O'Leary last weekend from the Cork Life Centre, who is an absolute legend of a man, flies a little bit under the radar, but but like, you know, much prefer, not much prefer, it's unfair to other people, but I'm not chasing, you know, celebrities, I suppose, in a way, you know? Yeah, you know, you know that Fianna Fáil women's conference thing, women's health conference thing, Um, I was listening to Liveline yesterday when Lisa Chambers was on it, and I mean, she was very apologetic she was very like this is my fault and you know we are going to work to um improve it like that's fine and you know there was when i was listening it, i did have a sense of empathy with her mm. or of some sort i was kind of like okay she's put holding her hands up but is the damage done in those situations when you've put out a post or you've put out a public is the damage done in as far as this is a political party um and not one person in that political party talk. This is I'm not gonna, a diverse. I'm going to get in trouble now for this one. I actually, okay, finna fall, I'm going to finna fall. But the people who put themselves on that panel should have stopped mm. and asked who am I sitting beside? I mean, yeah. you, they should have very definitely. Like we, this controversy blew up a few years ago around repeal when they put on a, a thing in Trinity College, if people recall, and there was no people of color, there was no people from minority backgrounds. And th- then they were scrambling to try and get someone in. And then obviously it's tokenism. Hi, would you like to be the token person of color? Would you like to be the, you know, to- token person with a, dis- with a disability or whatever the, the, the thing is? And I mean, 
we we sat in the sugar club on Sunday and we had our first ever live built different three young women, people of color. They were on stage. I, I didn't give them. It's not me speaking for it's their mic, it's their microphones, their agenda, it's their forum. It, likewise, when you know we when we did conversate trans, it was it was uh, trans people talking to trans people about trans experiences. It wasn't it wasn't that. So, if and I, that's not to say that I don't get things wrong. I get it wrong all the time. But if I just don't think the people who were on that panel who agreed to that panel. I don't I don't cut them as much slack as much almost as much as I do Lisa Chambers because she's she's a politician doing her job as a politician. The others should be looking around saying, who am I going to be sitting beside? What's the, can I can I agree that before we actually see it? And then, you know, and now, now there's going to be people backing out of that. You're going to I, they've I know for a fact they've approached people who I know and they're going, no, I'm not going to be your token person of color. Um, so, you know, that stuff, that damage is already done. Absolutely. But I spoke to Eileen, Eileen Flynn, brilliant senator, tra- uh, traveler woman yesterday, and she has a lot of empathy for Lisa Chambers. Yeah, she was on live line yesterday as well. But one of the most interesting things was, I don't know if you saw it, was was people who look like us lads, white middle class men were, were, were apologizing for were excusing um, Lisa Chambers yesterday on social media, including a prominent Labour TD. And you're thinking to yourself, going, it's not their place. Yeah. You know, that that it's not our place. I that's I've made that mistake where I've gone. I'm going to bat for a friend of mine. And you're going, well, and you're going, well, actually, what your what your friend did was quite shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to that community, whether maybe say you've offended a traveler community or something, it's up to that community to say it's okay. I don't get to say because I'm I'm from a position of privilege, and I didn't like that yesterday either. Yeah, and I mean it is a poor like it's a like speaking with as somebody with a disability, I mean. It, it doesn't surprise me. And I think like people will say, and people on the on Noivline yesterday were saying it's like um it's a poor reflection of you know society and where we're at. Um, but that is where we're at, you know. That is with people like Fina Gael, Fina Fall, uh government parties, they don't really like the, they don't really help people with disabilities. There's constant disability cuts, there's constantly carers cuts, you know, and when you see posters like this uh, or conferences and stuff like that and something's missing, you're kind of going, well, you're, I'm, at this, I'm at the stage in my life now where I'm kind of going, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know. I find it really hard because it's, there's, a, there's, there's a hierarchy which shouldn't exist. It's almost this kind of level of you look at it and you say, we're going to have these people on and you know, these people are eminently qualified. But if you can't get, say, someone who has a person with disability or a person of color or a person who from a minority background, you haven't tried. Exactly. It goes back to what we're talking about, the tortoise shack. <clears throat> Literally, I'm looking around and I'm going to myself going, you know, I'm, ta- I'm talking to people. I'm going, wow, why aren't you on X, Y and Z? You know, and we often have joked about it, saying to, saying to people, you're, we're the bottom rung of the media ladder. And and generally without fail, um. Someone would come on here, come on here, do a really excellent expose of whatever the topic was, and then the Tonight Show would ring or Claire Byrne would ring, and 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 it was always the way, to, and I always felt sort of great about that. But I also think, you know, if if a gobshite sitting in a small spare room at the side of his house in, in on Ballymun Road can do that, why can't paid producers and and the likes do that? It's just very frustrating. And then, and when you're talking about the cuts to the like. The wider conversation has to be had. 
a lot of the, a lot of this comes down to um the type of society that we are building and you know the, the one thing i don't know i don't know that Danny Amero, if you if you see much of my thing, I don't hide my politics. I, I <laughs> which I've never I've never been shy about saying, you know what what I'm what I'm about. Which is another criticism I have of other people on, on the on the in the media where they go, you know, I uh, they're I'm I'm playing it down the middle, and you're going, don't you write for X thing, or didn't you? Where did you used to be uh, a, per, a member of, or didn't you? You know all of that stuff, and they pretend it. So I, I actually yeah. prefer the fact that we actually say, no, this is us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's something I, I constantly slag Mero about over being, uh, you know, un, unashamedly uh, mm. Sinn Féin and whatever. And it's it's weird, like, because I was actually talking to somebody about kind of just because we haven't put out an episode in a couple of weeks. This is a bit of a return for us after a little bit of a break. And I can't even remember how the conversation moved along to kind of, uh, uh, like, look, we're, we're not political experts by any stretch of the imagination and we're never going to be able to solve anything uh, big, deep, or meaningful for that matter. But they were saying, it's kind of funny that, like, he, he was slagging me saying, I remember you in college, and your outlook now was completely different to what it was in college. And I was like, yeah, but it was, you know, early 20s, it was a different mm. world, and I had a different mindset compared to where I do now. And they were like, and what about Merrigan? When is he going to grow up? Do you know what I mean? So, like, there is a Who value. Said that? I'll, I'll <laughs> the for, for legal reasons, I won't say their name on air. Uh, but there, there is something about that thing of by having a conversation and by sort of setting your stall out and saying, "I think this about X." You know, I'm open to being convinced otherwise. I'm open to being told otherwise, and I'm open to learning. But at least by setting your stall out, you're not trying to hide behind a tin veil of something, and you're not trying to do this faux impartiality when everyone has a bias to something everybody leans towards something there's nobody in this world who has no opinion on on stuff like and i think we'd be all be in a better place if you called that shit out like I, I i couldn't agree more i see i see it far too often where people say oh you know some of these hosts are moderators and they just kind of push it and you're going you see it you see it quite often in the discourse and how things are acceptable how they're framed so you know the, the term loony left was very popular you never heard anybody say um, radical right, right? You know, um, like we, we've seen all of these things. So, so I, I, I do think feel, and then someone will shout, "I'm a centrist." And if you go, let's let's investigate that. If you're a centrist, what does that mean? Well, that means you're kind of for the status quo. And what's for what's the status quo? Well, the status quo is for right neoliberalism. Well, well, then does, does, are you really still a centrist? And they're going, well. Well, I'm still also say like let's be honest. Some of them will go. Well, I, I voted for repeal and marriage equality, and you go. So you're a lifestyle liberal, and you know, and you have to try and tease this out. And like I, I, I have people who've said you know said these things to me, and you, but you can't dismiss them. You have yeah. to have those conversations. But I think it would be very unfair of of me to to go on on that basis and say um, like that that I don't believe that. Um, I, I like I struggle with the idea that people would say to me, you know, Tony, um, you should be impartial. Why should I? Hmm. Uh, I don't think I should be impartial. I no, you're pointing out what's fair and what's right and what's wrong, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I want people to what well, I want people to be challenged on on those issues, and I want people to actually feel that there's there is an alternative because quite often it's set up to so we'll have this open debate, we'll get Paul Murphy in, we'll get someone in from Finna Gale and someone in from Finna Fall, and then we'll 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 premise it all as Paul, you didn't clap. You know, and that's not actually an open debate. 
that's it, it, where I mean, we, yeah. you know it's 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 actually Fox News are brilliant at it. They will yeah. literally say fair and balanced. They will say on the on the ticker tape fair and balanced, and and they'll say we have a let's take let's take Palestine and and Gaza or uh, and Israel something I've covered in great detail. They'll come in and they'll say we have. X person, Y person, a Muslim, a Jew, an Israeli, a Palestinian, and they'll say, uh, "Why are you firing rockets at Israel?" And that's the and and that's the framing. So once the media knows how to frame, and they're very good at it, and they they are better at it than we are. Like we're we've a like we we're, we're working from this basis. So when you're trying to break through, it's about actually saying, "No, I'm not going to play." on your field anymore, not playing on your pitch. I'm actually going to take, I'm going to go out play on, on a pitch over there where, I, and and I'm hopeful that if I do it enough, people will come to watch the game over here as well. And that's kind of in what's happened. You know, we don't bullshit. There's no ads, no sponsors, there's no all of that stuff we talk about. it. We, we mean that, but, but unfortunately it means you have to grow organically. You have to have people come to where you are. And, and we're not, you know, we're not trained broadcasters. Vicky's brilliant. She does. You said about police and, and Mero. She's she's absolutely brilliant. Some of the stuff she's done, I won't lie to you. Garda commissioner has gotten in his car to drive to apologize to, to people that we've had on to give to talk on the police. Yeah. So that should be covered like that should be covered in, in, in national publications, though. No? I would have thought so. But, you know, um there can be a snobbish element to, uh, you know, I, I tell you like straight, we, we had a great story about um, the right to housing a few years ago and it was brought in by, um, it happened on the podcast and someone from the podcast decided, or someone in mainstream picked up on it and Pat Lee, he said, but that's just on that podcast. Yeah. And it, it never, it never, no matter where it is. No, but it, it never got, it never was, it was never published. And then people, well, people have the temerity then to say to me on social media, you give Pat an awful hard time. And I'm going, that's because he's a gimp. <laughs> you can put that if you want, lads. But, mm. but like, it drives me mad that, that he, that he's spiking stories that were deemed newsworthy by staff on, 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 on his team because he mm. said, well, the source I don't like. But that, that, that happens. I think quite a lot and especially for like independent podcasts we've had it a couple of times where you know people we've spoke to will have said something that's got a bit of attention and then a certain news site has has ran the quote and hasn't and has covered everything yeah. we've talked about in the podcast without crediting us yeah we've had we've had guests on who told very personal stories um and then you know a week or two later a podcast that's run by someone who is within one of the bigger media places essentially yeah. rinsed and repeated our episode with that guest. And, you know, it's, I mean, look, that's, that's the game. That's the way it is. No, it's, it's not, it's not Danny though. It's wrong because the simple fact when you see the way you're saying that, and we, we have to be accepting that as independent. Mm. I find that really frustrating because it, you shouldn't be scared to say that stuff publicly as well. You shouldn't be scared to because. You know, I do it all the time, um, and I call I refer to it as a cult of civility in Ireland all the time. I have a big problem with it. It's it's. I think I said recently, and I, it's one of these things where I say regular reminder. You know, they don't like what is it? They don't want they they get upset that the guy who has has a, a foot on his neck isn't complimentary with the quality of the leather that's in the shoe that's actually stamping on him. I think you know. So that happens too often in 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 these circumstances, like where. Uh, they'll someone will say uh, actually Constantine Gordiev who I mentioned before we came on air that the mm. Russian economist was on with Mario Rosenstock recently and Mario asked him about his appearance on Dunphy Constantine's been doing our podcast for for 
since it started. Like he was like our sixth or seventh guest. And he said, oh, I enjoy doing the tortoise shack. And, and I just think, I just, you know, I'm looking at the guys going, I wonder if how go loud feel about that. Cause I know it's not the kind of thing they like. They don't yeah. like it. I've spoken to people and go loud and they'll say, Oh, you know, would you not come on board? And it's like, and why you're going to insert ads into my content. It would be no good if I'm saying, you know, we need to do something about built to rent and these vulture funds and X, Y, and Z. And you're saying brought to you by fucking AIB or whatever it is. No, I can't have <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Just can't have it. So I yeah. think, I think we, I, I, I get that, but I hate the fact that, we almost have to suffer in silence, like and say, "Yeah, no, it's okay." They 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 took the idea, and I've had that where people have taken quotes and and no, all the rest. We thought it before with a publication, Danny, but it was probably too late, it was, though. It well, was, it wasn't. It, it was gone thirty thousand shares without even crediting us. Yeah, it wasn't that it was too late. It was just that it it was look, probably trying to be modest. It was a good fucking story, yeah. and because of that, it did get the attention and. Like it, I think we it was alerted to us within a couple of hours of the story being published on that website, and when we challenged them, they put at the very bottom of the article, yeah, yeah, you know, as heard on WTS Pod or whatever it was, and then um, the the editor sent us uh, basically a PFO email, which was like, "What would you like us to do about it, lads?" And it was a very smarmy fuck yeah. off kind of thing, there's, you know. Unfortunately, for like um, because I deal with a lot of say. Ed, like editors and across the different mm. different things that uh, I've been I've gotten into lots of those disputes with them lots yeah. of them and and now you were probably much more polite than I was so mm. so if they ever published the stuff I said I called them like fucking thieves or whatever it was <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you know and, and, and so so you know and that's why I refer to that cult of civility where someone will actually say well, actually, you lose, Tony, because you called me a thief. And I'm going, but you still robbed me. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, it doesn't. This is what really pisses me off. We're supposed to be polite about that sort of stuff. And yeah, no, I have no time for it. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's working with Martin as long as I am that it kind of he like, like when I knew Martin, Martin was Martin has cancer. Martin has been unwell for a number of years. Martin was supposed to told to get his affairs in order. He had about six months left. He was stage four. He, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And he's still kicking around. And he's still causing trouble. And he still went to the pack. Yeah. Like he, he does not care. He will fight and, and to, he will, he's literally determined that he will expose corruption in, in, in what he's really passionate about in, in, in internal dealings on bogus self-employment that affect people in, in construction and, in media and in in the courier um, industry, you know, the likes of all these deliveries and stuff. And he's really passionate about it, but he suffers no fools. And then people go, oh, yeah, but I saw him on, on Twitter calling someone a gobshite. And I'm going, that's your problem, really. You know, was your man a gobshite? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Gobshite isn't the, like calling somebody, the, forget about the language. What, why are they a gobshite? Hmm. Why is he calling them a gobshite? There's a bigger picture, you know. Hmm. Don't be getting offended by the gobshite part when they're after they're, there's bogus payments being paid and he's exploiting that. That's the story. Like, yeah. you know, I hate and when I, people say that about like, you know, articulation and, you know, it's, it's a real classism thing where they put you down on, on your articulation of, of something when that's not, forget about my articulation. The fucking story here is that someone's been done wrong here. Like, like they, they want you, yeah, my mother used to say to me, you know, uh, you know, pronounce your T's, do you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. And and um, and I, I, I get it. But it's just also this kind of 
it permeates a lot of our society as well, where like, you know, you see the frustration in someone as brilliant as Lynn Ruan, who is a fabulous legislator and one of one of let's tell the truth. She's one of my heroes and don't tell her she won't listen. Please don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 she but like she gets, you know, this kind of. Um, civility thing as well you know oh what's what's she wearing on her feet what's what what earrings has she got like to the point where she was out with other members of the of the doll and she's having a drink and someone says she's laughing too loud i've read about that yeah, yeah like i mean this is the this is the crap we're up against and it is class though it is and Definitely. i and i and i say that as someone who who will admit straight out i am now a middle class now i wasn't born a middle class person but i'm now a middle class person but but there's so little empathy in I, I I'll call it the the Fina Gale and I, and I mean as in Fina Fall slash Fina Gale some some elements of that they have so little empathy for that whereby you have a guy who's going to be T-shock again in a few months who made his career by saying welfare cheats cheat us all and when when I ran the numbers the level of fraud was welfare fraud was zero point zero 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 so three zeros six eight percent so that's what it was. And, you know, like, and I do run my numbers. That's the one thing. That's what drives them mad is that I have 20 years experience in finance and it drives them fucking mad. Like they're going like some guy from Investec is going uh, former Investec economist going mad on my Twitter mentions at the moment. And I'm going, but tell me where I'm wrong factually. Because I put my sums up against any of you, you know, that's baffled me, right? Because that is a tiny, tiny, tiny portion Hmm. zero point zero 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 six eight i'm i'm not i'm not suggesting we do the maths now or anything but i would imagine the level of fraud amongst politicians per capita population or whatever is higher well well, let's just say that prepare white collar crime yeah is higher um, one of my favorite sayings is, and I, I, I'm like a broken record, is the crime is what's legal, you know, and uh, quite often they sanitize what they do by like Finna Fall were a brilliant patronage machine when 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 I was a young fella and, and they, you know, they they people refer to the brown envelope thing. Finna Gale professionalized it and they have really professionalized it. So it's, it's, it's really quite it's quite clear, like you can have someone like Michael Darcy been a senator for Fine Gael, standing up and saying, we need to introduce this bill. It's going to normalize our financial system. And in the bill, I read the bloody thing, all 140 something pages of it. There was this thing that helped the sub funds that um, are preying on the Irish market. And a week later, he said, by the way, I, you know, I can't do politics anymore. I want to resign as a senator to take up a role as a lobbyist for said funds. And you're thinking, that was legal. He was allowed to do that. And, you know, and people come out and they say, well, we're going to call him into a committee to, to talk to him about it. But as soon as he's left public office, he no longer has to attend this committee. Yeah. And the media moves on three days later and he takes up his role. And it's just it's just so obvious what's going on. And we can see it with our eyes. But we're supposed to say, actually, they're not the problem. The problem is your man who is driving a white van, painting and decorating. And it's taking a few jobs for cash. He's the problem, actually. It's him. Yeah, your man doing the Nixers on a Saturday is the problem. Yeah, yeah. And 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 if you put that, like, if, if your man was doing Nixers 
365 days a year, 24 or seven, he wouldn't even fill a drop in a bucket compared to some of the fines that some of our financial institutions have had to do for what they've been doing. And they still getting off lightly. But that 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 type of messaging, though, that type of messaging by uh, Leo Varadkar that time, it, like it does. If you're in a, a party of six or seven at your local pub on a Saturday and you're discussing the week's politics and four of you um, have a house and three of you are saving for a house um, his type of rhetoric will start an argument in that there's one side saying, no, like, he shouldn't be going after those people because it's minuscule. It's it's not it's not substantial. And then you have another group of the the, the party saying, "Well, look, so and so has a house down the road. Yeah. What do they do? You know." And and it cla- mm. it causes like one for a better term, kind of internal class picking. The working class are going at each other then because it's like they're pointing out that their next door neighbor got a house, but as far as they can tell, they don't work. But I work and I save, you know, and it's nearly saying, it, it, you know, I just hate that divide and conquer. Yeah, um, it's, it's divide and rule. Divide and rule. It's just, it's it's it can be very, when you're out, like, I'm a 37-year-old man with a disability that lives in the back of my parents' house. Um, in terms of the building uh, developers, they don't really build for people with disabilities. No. Um the, the law currently states that houses, new houses um, have to be visitable by people with disabilities, but not habitable, you know. So my prospects are quite low in a good job. Um, and yet I experience those type of conversations in the pub weekly. And you're kind of going, lads, you're talking like that to me. Mm. I- I'm in that this I'm in that minority. And, 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 and see the way you've said you have a good job. You're. You're in the you're in the minority of people with disabilities, exactly. Because people, people with disabilities are like like over overwhelmingly living in uh, what's deemed at at risk of poverty uh, situations. Yeah. And when you talk about housing, we like I saw in in I think it was one of the county councils yesterday published a, a new plan for a development. I, I think it was something. Let's let's. I could be wrong, but I think it was like 43 apartments, uh, one, one, one wheelchair space, you know, and, and you're looking and, and these, they don't, they no, absolutely don't accommodate and, and, and they don't, they don't bring people in, but, but it's not, it, it goes back to what Tom Clonan always said to me years ago. He said, he said, he said, my, he said, my son, he, he would say my son, society disables him more than his own his own issues they disable him all the time Alana Fitzpatrick who who came to came here to do a podcast a few times and even she has to book a, a you know she's coming in from say Cavan she has to make sure that there's, a, there's a, a wheelchair accessible bus what time is that one at tomorrow you know and she might have to yeah. give X person 24 now some of that's gotten better over the last little while and it's slowly it's getting so better hit and miss, though. the infrastructure is so hit and miss yeah. I was going to a stag about, about eight years ago in Prague and um, the air coach had just, you know, they had just said, oh, fantastic new wheelchair accessible air coaches. So um, I was like, oh, yeah, grand, I'll ring ahead. I'll tell them, blah, blah, blah. The, the coach was down the end of the dual carriageway where I live at about half six in the morning. And the driver said, it doesn't work. The lift doesn't work. So yeah. it was fine because I was with my friends and my friends got me, lugged me on. But if I was on my own, I'd like, you know, it's pathetic. 
we had a really embarrassing situation um, pre-COVID. One of our last live shows was in Dublin City Centre, the venue. So don't, I don't want to name them just because they were okay in the end. But but um, I had said at the outset, is it is it accessible? And they had said yes. So I said, Grant, so I went and checked. Um, and I knew someone was coming who was in a wheelchair. They, so we arrived, we were setting up and I said, um, so I said, what's the, where's the, the lift? Cause it wasn't on the first, it was, it wasn't on the ground floor. And they said, it's, it's, it's over there, but I think it's, I think it's out of the service. And I went and, uh, someone said, Oh, look, what can we do? What can we do? I said, I'll tell you what you can fucking do. <laughs> See all your space you have downstairs. You can move everything here downstairs. Mm. And in fairness, I mentioned Lynn, right? Lynn and myself carried tables and stuff down the stairs. And we set up as if, and when people arrived, that they had no, no idea. But I was furious because they literally went, they went, when they were selling the thing to me, yes, we have it. And it was like, but but if but God God, if you need to use it, go and shite, like you know, yeah, and, exactly. and 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 no, it is very much an, an afterthought for for in much like um like much like we're going full circle, much like talking about to uh, people in the Finnafall uh, health health uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like after afterthoughts, you know. Yeah, um, you mentioned earlier in the conversation about you know columnists and all with you know certain directions and certain things that they're commenting on weekly. Um, and I do find some of your black comedy when you tweet very, very funny, but it also comes up. It also is true. Mm-hmm. You kind of say something on the Tuesday, you know, article by so-and-so written in the Irish Times or the Independent next minute on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Like, our, what I've noticed, particularly with the uh, invasion in Ukraine in terms of column inches being given to uh, the suggestion that we should join NATO and, you know, give up neutrality. That That is one of many subjects where the communists have been tone deaf to the public. Mm. Um, how co- Where's the balance there in print media when we're seeing six to eight, nine, ten articles over the course of ten weeks kind of promoting this as such, uh, and we don't see we don't see the publication of, well, no, we shouldn't join NATO. And then when the polls are done, it's yeah. like 60, 68 to, to 32 saying, no, we shouldn't join NATO. Like what have we seen it with the last election before COVID where publications were tone deaf to what society was thinking. Hmm. They've, there's, we have a problem in the commentariat. Um, it, it, it looks and sounds a lot like itself. Uh, for even and there's acceptable voices, you know. They'll say to you, they'll say, um, "Don't worry, we have Finton O'Toole to write a kind of lefty-leaning piece." And you're like, you know, with all due respect to Finton, you know, he's he's never going to be uh, on looking calling for. He he's acceptable to the to the management class, and that's fine. Then, but you'll have all of these other people who are going to come at us and say, here's the agenda and this is how we'll do it, but we'll d- debate it again within those parameters. So take NATO, for example. No one actually, they keep referring to NATO as a defensive um, organization. But if that was the case, why is NATO expansion always in, on the agenda? Now, 
I'm 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 opposed to us joining NATO. I'm not opposed to other countries having the right to choose whether they join or leave. That's up. That's their democratic choice. That's up to them. What I won't have told about is that we need an open debate on something. And then you get to say, OK, let's have the debate. And they go and then they say something like, to you, well, no, you're just been you're just been um, you're pointing out too many facts here. You know, like you're pointing at Shannon. You're saying, well, we've actually you know, been running the war machine for the US for a number of years. We've helped facilitate all of this. Don't talk about that. You know, don't don't point at that. That's that's again, back to this cult of civility thing. And quite often they're not they're, they're out of touch. I mean, Rita Fagan is someone I love to quote. And which is why one of the reasons I always find it's always better to talk to people I've spoken to than to talk to me. Rita Fagan uh, is, is involved in Dolphin House. She's amazing. She's a genuine lifelong activist. But she made a point at a thing I was at um, and a few years ago. And she said that basically the problem we have with a lot of our political correspondents and commentariat is that they spend too much time in Leinster House and not enough time in Dolphin House. So for people who don't get that, you know, the Dolphins Barn was kind of, you know, it's it, rough and ready and, and up and coming mm. and people lose people lose sight of what what actually fucking matters. Uh, and when you're in when you're in that bubble, you actually start to trade the rumors. So the rumors become your stories. You're able to sit around and go, you know, uh, an anonymous source tells me that he's unhappy with Graham's haircut. And, uh, you know, and we'll talk about Graham's haircut and everybody will go, that was really mean how they talked about Graham's haircut. And you're going, what the fuck is that doing for building people uh, accessible homes in um, in Crumlin that we need? Or what's that going to do? For but I, that actually that tittle tattle has become currency now. And it's, it's just far too much of that in, in, in political circles to the detriment of I, I don't know. It feels like I'm picking on the Irish Times. I'm not. I, I'm not. I, 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 but I don't know when's the last time they broke a story. That was actually of any relevance. I mean, we go, we go back to the Leo Varadkar thing. Um, Leo Varadkar, in my opinion, would no would not be tarnished had the Irish Times broken the story about him leaking the contract. But it was because Village Magazine um, yeah. broke it, and it was easier to dismiss Village Magazine than it was if it had gone in the Irish Times or the Irish Independent or the Irish Examiner. And I think. We have to we have to question that. We have to look at ourselves as a society and wonder if why is that the why why is that? I think that's a relevant point of view. If it, it is got- because we had his supporters uh, say that Leo was going to wipe the floor with the village in yeah. court. You know, like if the Irish Times had broken that news, what would the reaction be? Yeah, I think I genuinely think if the Irish Times had broken that story. It, it, within two weeks, he would have had to resign from public office. Why didn't they touch the story? Because there's no way that every, everyone behind the scenes had a had an idea of what was going on there. Surely. Oh yeah, I mean, like, like I <laughs> let people live behind the behind the tent. I knew the story was coming. Yeah. Um, I was aware of what 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 had happened, and I looked at it and I thought to myself, "Going, oh my god, this is like he's toast because he's clearly." He, like people say, oh, he got no financial benefit. And I, I, but but you don't have to benefit financially from yeah, giving something. Not. You just need to get agency. So a rival, a rival union, and he was headed, coming up to an election. The rival union were saying, we're going to protest against you. 
And he was saying, well, I'm going to, I'll give you this and appeasement. So appeasement is, is, is also a way of, of benefiting from something politically. He benefited from that. There's no question about it. He stood up in the doll and he admitted he did it. So if he stood up in the doll and admitted it, why is there still an investigation? Why is it still, why haven't we heard the results? Oh, I, I think, you know what? Yeah, we get ourselves in trouble here, but I think there's been, too, I think there's been too many. Um, this is, it's, it's gone to the point where we know there's other players involved, people giving evidence. Like I, Macho, O'Toole who was at the centre of this I've interviewed him several times Macho O'Toole was always really good to, to me as, 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 a, as a GP he's worked with Safety Net I know he was involved in that I don't know what his take on on this is but I know Shea Bose's take on it I know uh, Michael Smith's take on it and we all bloody well know based on what he put up on screen in the web some of what Paddy, Paddy Cosgrave's take on this is yeah. but there's a lot of there is a case of of, of also that, you know, they don't like that messenger either. And I'm no apologist for Paddy Cosgrave. He goes on some, he, you know, he goes and does his own thing. He, 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 thank you. Thankfully for Paddy, Paddy has what, 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 what Martin commonly refers to as fuck you money. Okay. So, yeah. so, so we can afford to go and do that sort of stuff, but le, le, I'd let him off, but I would, it would worry me that, the DPP is looking at something like that saying this is the guards are going to pass the DPP and we need a fudge here to make this go away now. You know, it's because yeah. it's so long. It's a, it's over a year uh, that it, that since since they said, look, it's nearly it's nearly wrapped up kind of thing. And here we are. And he, he's going to be a Taoiseach again in seven months. Uh, and he will, well, yeah, and he probably will be unless now if they if it goes to DPP, I can't see Fine Gael have a leg to stand on. They can't stand by him. They can't. I mean, mm. you can't have you can't have someone in like it, I don't know where, where either you guys work, but if uh, in in financial services, I had to do a fitness and probity thing every bloody year, and it would always you know you'd fill in, uh, you'd have to give them your your statements, your any details of loans, you do an Irish credit bureau search, you do you might have to go uh, authorize them to do searches, legal searches in case there was anything outstanding on you, and you'd have to say give them access if they want to do guarders guarders stuff. Had to do it all the time. And if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have been deemed a fit and proper person to give financial voice on certain things. And this guy is going to go and take the, the, the top office in, in the land, having said, yeah, I leaked a confidential agreement, potentially worth millions of, of euro. Seems very strange. It's it's a weird one. And like for all the sort of stick bear the hernia used to get as the Teflon T-shock, I think, you know, Leo does now to be in the Teflon tarnished with this because I think uh, uh, I'm kind of, I'm, for the want of a better term, a lesser politician would have fallen on this one. They, they wouldn't have survived it. And when I say a lesser politician, I'm not making Leo out to be a great politician. I mean, he he has that sort of rootlessness, I think, that it's survive at all costs. There's a bit of Frank Underwood in him, I think. Do you know what I mean? I, I'd love to... I I I, I agree like he was brilliant how he became Taoiseach. It was over. It was like, it was like, do you know what they called the eight day war? Um, uh, there was no eight day war. It was over in four hours because the Israelis uh, blew up all of the Egyptian um, military hardware and air force on the ground before it ever, before it ever got, got, got going. And that was the truth. Mm-hmm. So, so then they just marched forward for seven more days and won. Okay. Now that's, that's an oversimplification. Leo Varadkar, when he became, T shock by, by becoming leader of Finnegale, it was over 
because he had already got Pascal Donahue lined up with all of these people. And as soon as they like the man had registered um, Leo for leader dot com fucking years ago. Right. He knew like he knew he and that like I've, I've balls up the actual um, website, but he had he had it registered. Yeah. This plan was a long time in the making. He sprung the trap. Coveney walked into it had no idea and it was over and then they went to like people forget Leo Varadkar lost the vote from the Fine Gael membership but it didn't matter because Fine Gael doesn't have a one one vote one person it's a one person parliamentary one vote. party yeah exactly so he already had it stitched up it was that's, over that's real shadowy figures doing that isn't it oh yeah like I mean like we can't like it, it's hilarious when it when it when it comes to certain other parties how it's dealt with but but he that was really good but since then Danny he's been a nightmare he's lost every election he's like he's he's, he's decreased our vote and I think personally I think it's because people can sense that actually this guy isn't the sum of his parts and that's my yeah. that's my take on it that like I should I thought I actually thought genuinely it was a brilliant day and I still think it will go down in history as a great day that that we had a, a person from a diverse background that son of a son of an immigrant um, a, a person a member of the LGBT community all of these things and no one no one in my opinion outside of some head cases bat an eyelid we thought it was great mm. and I genuinely like I, I think it's remarkable that we've that there is absolutely homophobia. There's all of these awful things and, and no one should be should be put to it. But I genuinely think people looked at Leo Varadkar on, on his merits and he's been in government now since 2011. And on his merits, we've decided, actually, we've given you a good run of it, pal. And, and I don't think he's I don't think he's, uh, he's, he's like his opinion is his approval ratings will tell you he's not he's not the, the guy that people thought was going to actually change this country, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it. I fully agree with you. It was brilliant, and nobody batted an eyelid. And kind of there was this moment of everyone thinking, like, this is progress. This is a real moment for progress. And it was. It was a moment. I'm it, hmm. like, I mean, think about that. Like, yeah, like it, it's just amazing, and no one actually decided. No, you know. Like, it was brilliant, and we should be proud of that. That that, that uh, I think there's a lot of great things about about it. Like, see that you always get these sex scandals in the UK and all this. We don't have sex scandals here. It's not that people aren't having sex. Of course they are. We yeah. just don't. We just don't have that. Don't care. Like, yeah, we let people live and let live, but and we get on with it. Th- th- that opens up another question, though, in terms of and we're saying like, how how was Leo still around if you know this this investigation hanging over him and everything else? But then, are we just living in an age where there is just this begrudging acceptance and begrudging tolerance of slapstick politicians who can survive any controversy. Like you see it in America constantly, you see it in the UK at the moment. What is it going to take for Boris Johnson to fall? I I, like, I mean, he's like a fucking weeble. He just goes from side to side, but never actually stays down. It's a great question because I think they kept, you know, I, I made a joke and Mary, you refer to my really bad jokes that I make on, on social media all the time and they're generally rubbish. But one of them was, um, and one of them <laughs> was, you know, yeah, but one of them, yeah, exactly. One, one of them was like uh, Leo Varadka walked into a bar, but unfortunately Boris and Trump had said it so low that it barely grazed his ankle. You know, <laughs> and, and, and there's an element of that, Daddy, that it's, that's where True. we are now. That yeah. We have this kind of like, own, our, not great, not, not, not very fond of your man, but at least he's not that madman over there. Or at least he's not that. And and it there's we have we've kind of gotten away from a culture of accountability as well. Like you know, there was a time when people did something in, in politics, and then they would just re- they would resign. 
but mm. that that's that hasn't happened for a long time now. People haven't. Um, I think Trevor Sargent was the last guy who who said when he ran for the Greens, he said, uh, "I I don't want to go. I will not go into government with those guys." And then, of course, they agreed to go into government, and he went. They've they've struck the program for government, and he resigned. Yeah, and yeah. and and you go, wow, integrity. And um, now you don't get that sort of stuff. Uh, and that's not, you know, it's not saying oh, we, we were so much better in my day, but um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but there is an element whereby people are now so, so it, it, it's that 24 hour news cycle, though, Danny. Yeah. It, like it's it's like like Boris controversy was Monday. It's now Thursday. It's almost like and I don't agree with this, but it's almost like who cares? Like if you look at if you look at the Golfgate scenario. Um, when it was broke, you know, the, the, the country was going up in arms about that, rightfully so, going yeah. mad. But then we had think pieces 10 months later or a couple of months later saying, you know, when the court case eventually, you know, finished, you had think pieces saying, did they really do that bad? Did, did Phil Hogan? Well, no, no. Should, we, should, we, should, we, we, we shot ourselves in the foot because we got rid of Phil Hogan. You know that, that that's the type of news cycle we're in now. We I seen it. I seen um David Quinn reporting the other day that he misses Owen Harris and, and <laughs> yeah, the media yeah. misses Owen Harris. Owen Harris had seventeen <laughs> anonymous Twitter accounts. Do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's Dave Quinn though, man. I know it's David Quinn. I know, but he gets but he gets to write in in a in a national newspaper at least once time, a week. Like oh, he's in though, isn't he? Yeah, he's 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 bounced about the place. If I'm telling yeah. you, but like, but there, there's so much of that. Like, that's that's a huge issue. Like, as I said, like, and no one's calling for a marginal. Like, look, look let's not have any Catholic voices. No, saying that, but we need to we need to investigate why we're we're being said. Where's because it's always one of the beauties of like say this conversation is we don't have to have false balance. We don't have to then finish this conversation and then say, can you now get in someone who thinks Leo Varadkar is it great to call Tony Groves a bollocks? You don't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, it's weird though, because I've just had a text from one of Leo's people. Yeah, and yeah. Says, you know, <laughs> and, and fair is fair. Like not, he's, he's got a point, but but I just, yeah, I, we don't have to have that. And there, there, there's too much of, they, they will say stuff to you like, you know, um, uh, we're going to cover X thing. And then we need to, we need, like repeal was the best ever, you know, we're now covering this protest outside, but we're going to go to the bishop for a comment. I mean, it just yeah. none of that, none of that ever makes any sense. I do think our commentariat is, is, um, is struggling, but the only, the only thing I'll say that gives me hope is conversation like today, conversations that we continually have things that we do on the tortoise shack and knowing that the audience is there for those. Mm. That whereas I know you know circulations of some of these things are, are going down and and that's a negative as well because there's great journalists doing brilliant work. I yeah, you know yeah. there is absolutely is, yeah. yeah and and there is a whole like and and like in in broadcast and in the in the oh, yeah. like I think I think question and, and answer should be brought back and um, because I think you know the public and um, would be able to ask questions to you know a panel of six people which was. Mm made up of government, columnists, whatever. Um, you know, the the the, the once off Claire Bourne shows where, you know, yeah, you you were you were in the audience, Tony, yeah. Tony Max uh, Groves, you know that type of way. It I, is I, Tony, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is Tony, is it? I oh, know, but, but like that, it's kind of oh but like do we miss do we miss Vincent Brown so much that nobody can kind of fill that coal? That and, bothers me a lot. Gonna get annoyed with you all now. Everybody goes, it hasn't happened since Vincent. It hasn't happened since Vincent because they haven't tried people who are, are inclined like Vincent. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. They've decided that we want. Why though? Well, because it's it's like it, no offense to Claire Byrne, but I think it's kind of like now TV for politics, now magazine for politics, I should say. You know, mm. they're going to have that in, in this slap, you know, uh, in this way. Same similar stuff on you know uh, tonight Virgin Media where we're going to just. I got asked to do eating with the fucking enemy lads. I'm so like, oh, I'm like, going, that just sounds boring to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like, and I said, I said, I said. You're going to ask me to talk to an, uh, an economist who I probably already know, who I've probably already interviewed three or four times and who I probably know what he's already going to say. Yeah. And it's just boring. But but I do find the mediators and, and the facilitators of these conversations are too safe. They're not they're you know, they're they're they're, they're um, there's a consensus when you go into a room or you do something like Clareburn. There was a consensus there. This where I'm here tonight to talk about the rise of Sinn Féin. I tore up the script and decided I wasn't going to go with that. And and it just showed for no. And that's not, that's not to say I did great, but it's just a show. I uh, Someone said to me, you did great. I said, did I do great or the rest of them just object at what they're supposed to be doing? You yeah. know, uh, and it worries me that 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 someone like me who's untrained with albeit with beckon, you know, hundreds of hours of broadcasting behind them was able to just do that in two minutes. What what some what should have been done ages ago. So when you talk about missing Vincent Brown, what we're missing is actually that forum of of actually giving people proper robust thing and and not none of this fake um let them talk down the clock and i do think some people are very uninformed when they're interviewing now like they they'll you'll have you'll have a, a minister sit down or a junior minister usually and he'll say you know we'll we'll well we've produced 21,000 homes last year and no one's quick enough to say no, you haven't. Um, the the combined local authorities have produced actually only nine hundred and eighty in Dublin. Where where are you getting these numbers from? Mm. And you're and you're like, oh, well, you're taking them all from X, you know, private developer who's selling them to a build to rent. You know, they may. You should be on top of your brief. If I if I can come up, if I know some of these things, and I'm not paid to do it, and you're being paid, some of these people have been paid extraordinary sums of money. I don't get why they don't have it because. They have producers, they have crew, they have teams, they have they've they have people who actually hand them their notes. Sure. I just think I think but I'm assuming Vincent Brown's production team and researchers and all are still in in the in the industry. I mean, they they seen what he brought. He like they see, like if you look at the conversation on social media, you know, everyone loved Vincent. Everyone hmm. from who he was picking up for loved him. Um, so is it a case of when Vincent retired, they were like, oh, thank God for that? Or was it a case of wh- why did why didn't they replace him with someone who was they, they went with that? they went with the centrist dads of um, of Matt Cooper and, and Ivan Yates and Ivan Yates, again, ex Fine Gael and is able to pretend that he's a, a centrist and yeah. Matt Cooper, who, you know, Again, lads, feel free to cut this out because whenever you say his name, people go mad. Um, but like you know, he's followed Dennis O'Brien through his through his life, and Dennis O'Brien's only given a couple of one-to-one interviews, and he's given them to Matt. And there has been quite. And that's not to say that that's not a, a course interview Dennis O'Brien when you get to do it. But one of the reasons you get to interview him, I'm sure, in my opinion, is that he deems you as a safe pair of hands. Yeah, you know, like I mean, yeah. people people get it go like. Uh, Bring up the bogeyman for a moment. Paddy Cosgrave's a bogeyman. He, he he went to bring he wanted to bring Marine Le Pen to to web somebody backed out of it. I think it was every, everybody was fair to have a go at him. Absolutely everybody was fair. But we no one still jumps up and down about Matt Cooper having on um 
uh, Katie Thompson, uh, and so and same with Ryan Turbury several times on the Late Late Show. Uh, and what's the one from Fox News who said that the kids in cages were crisis actors? Who Matt oh, Cooper? Uh, no, not not Ingram, not Ingram. Um, no woman, um, lo- lovely, lovely blonde haired woman. Who yeah, said, it's, uh, Laura, Laura Ingram is the only one that's coming to me. Yeah, it wasn't her. And and, uh, and 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 there they are. And, and it's like, but but we we Katie yeah. Hopkins is one, wasn't it? Yeah, but I'm uh, you know, Katie Hopkins is absolutely uh, uh, was was doing almost regular shots uh, on, yeah. on on Irish media, and you know she said Palestinians are vermin, and we're supposed to say oh that's okay. Look, yeah. I, I just I just I do think we're underserved by the, by by our commentariat and by our media. You want you want Vincent Brown though? You have to uh, you have to allow people actually make mistakes. You have to allow people to be brave and go on the air and say something that risks putting someone in a political party's nose out of joint risks, maybe upsetting maybe a sponsor or two. And I don't know if anybody has the stomach for that. Now, I don't know if they have the stomach for it because there's too it's too sanitized. They have to be careful about uh, about this. And you have to give fair balance to that. And, you know, Vincent didn't give a shit about any of that. And yeah, there are a lot yeah. of people who are capable of capable of doing that. Probably a lot of people cap- right now hosting shows are capable of doing that. But Absolutely. they work, but they work within the parameters that they're given. They, 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 they. they if you look back at the uh, interview with Sarah McInerney and Owen Harris and Sarah McInerney and Leo Varadkar, hmm. I mean, they that was just brilliant. Like that was brilliant radio. Like you know, that's particularly the Leo Varadkar one. Like, where and I, and I remind you, Sarah McInerney was dumped by News Talk to bring yeah. back in Ivan Yates. <laughs> baffling, baffling. But it, I would it, say that even even then, like and now looking back on it, it's even more so. Like, but I I would say like when Gavin Riley has stepped in on the Tonight Show, hmm. I mean I would say politicians are kind of saying, "Oh no, here's Gavin." Hmm. When politicians get Sarah McInerney, I genuinely believe they're kind of going, "Oh no, Sarah so, McInerney." Some of them ask not to have Sarah. There <laughs> you go. Like, do you know what I mean? Need it's, more of that. It's it's weird though because like there there is an element of of and I I'm constantly saying to people, you know, like fucking buy a newspaper, support media because you know the alternative is far worse. But at the same time, it's not a perfect media landscape at all within the country, and there's not. It's a very safe ground for the people who shouldn't feel comfortable. People, like uh, politicians in this country, if their phone starts ringing, they see a journalist name on their screen, they should be shitting themselves. Oh no, what's this fucker ringing me for? Yeah. And instead, they answer it with glee. It's like, hey, pal, how are you? Kind of thing. And we do have some great journalists, but there's a very cozy relationship there that I think we should all be a little bit kind of uneasy about. At, at least, at, 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 at least skeptical. I mean, uh, we've seen the last election, so many people making the jump from, from uh, political correspondent to special advisor. Lots of them. Oh, lots and lots stop. Of them. Yeah. And, and, and one of them, um, but one of my favorite moments was actually after the Fine Gael leadership election and Leo had won and he came outside after giving, uh, talking to the party and then he came outside to meet the press and he stood up and he said, he gave like, spoke for 15 seconds and the man said, look, we're going to take questions from the, from the audience. 
and you can be mad at me all you want, Kevin Doyle. But he said, uh, he said, he goes, uh, I'll take the first question, Kev. How are you doing? And, and it was, it's like it was just so familiar. It was, you know, it wasn't yeah. Kevin Doyle Irish Independent. It wasn't Kevin Doyle Irish News and Media. It wasn't Kevin Doyle Political Editor, you know, or anything like that. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was Kev. And you just think to yourself, going, if I was Kev, I'd be hiding under the table now because I don't. I would hate to think that a journalist is like, pal. Yo, yeah, and um, it just you, you shouldn't want that that cozy relationship cozy, exactly. And it and I think yeah, I do think we got to ask more questions of that, and we got to wonder why. And I and I'm gonna correct myself now. A lot of the journalists who make the jump, I don't blame them as well because they probably doubled their wages. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the one that always jumps out to me is uh, is Chris Donahue, who used to be on News Talk. Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, it, it was a no-brainer for him to jump from, what was it, News Talk Breakfast, probably getting up at 4 a.m. or whatever it was, you know, the radio presenters. They're, they're not on... For, for, a third, for a third of what he got paid by Simon Coveney, I'd imagine. You know, and that's it. So, in that point of view, you probably go, yeah, I, I don't blame them in that respect, mm. you know, but... Yeah. In a few years' time, will Chris go back to doing journalism? And then, can't you know? Uh, well, see, if, they, if they let people back in, I, I genuinely think. Yeah, I think I don't think people. I don't think it, you can go from one to the other. Do you know what? The, the, I know we've gone on too long, but one of the things that's funny is they go, uh, say journalism, special advisor, lobbyist, and that's <laughs> and that's where they go next. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, and that's where they go next, and that and that is a lobbyism problem. Is Beck and cesspit. Oh my God! Uh, like you, you, if you see, I, I, you probably see me talk about it all the time. I, 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 every few weeks I check the lobbying register, and um, and I just I go into it and I read this and I go, oh, is that what that fucker's doing now? <laughs> and then I, you know, and it just drives me mad. Like when the story came out about Ed Brophy uh, recently lobbying on behalf of uh, of a of a company trying to build do build to rent. I was able to put up the screen print from last November where I said to Ed, I, uh, I hope you're not in the whole lobbying game now, Ed. And he came back, he goes, Jesus Christ, Tony, do your research, blah, blah, blah. And I went, lads, if a gobshite like me saw it last November on the register, you know, it took yeah. until it took until April this year for, for it to be broken in the media. But nonetheless, you know, off you go, you know. This is it. It's uh it's it's a weird, weird world we live in, lads. It's a weird yeah, it world is. we live in. Tony, thanks so much for your time. You've no been worries. very generous. It's been great. And we're definitely going to get you on again. Yeah. Well, look, Absolutely. you know, and then, and can I say one thing? And next time we're doing the live show, we'll get the two of you along. We'll make a night of it, you know? Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Have, you any, have you any more lined up? Uh, late May. We're looking late at... We're looking are you going to do a monthly now, Tony? Or we're going, we're, It looks like we're going to take up residency in the Sugar Club every sort lovely. of four to six weeks. Lovely. So... So, it's a lovely venue, man. It's oh, a lovely, yeah. lovely venue. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and, uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping with like so. The, when you were there, Mero, remember uh, David O'Doherty was sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last uh, last Sunday it was uh, it was um, Killian Sunderman, who I happen to think is just you know like. Like not, no, no, no offense to 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 to, to Lord Doddlesworth, but but he doesn't have as good hair as, as Sunderman, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I need I need to do uh, there better be another comedian in the audience, or I'm going to be very upset. Like you know? <laughs> lovely. Well, yeah. If you're looking for comedians with good hair, Tom O'Matney's the only show in town. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Uh, Tony, it's it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, congrats on everything with Tortoise Shack, even if it was an accident. It's a it's a wonderful accident. And, uh, like most yeah. of the kids in Ireland. 
I've told him, shy nothing. <laughs> now, is there anything else? Get, is there anything coming up? Uh, any pods uh, or lads? You're probably busy. Uh, I'm doing, as you know, we do our we do our show on on Sundays for, with our with our patrons. So patrons mm. get to come and we do the, the rundown of the week. So we try we try to uh, sort of a, a talk show with our with, with our patrons every Sunday. It's great crack. But I'm going up north. I think on Tuesday for the assembly elections. Myself. Tuesday week, isn't it? Uh, and I'm going, but I'm going up to start. Uh, I'm going. I, I'm going to go meet a few people who are candidates and a few people of interest. Hopefully, do you know there's only one person? There's only one councillor in Northern Ireland who's a person of colour. Uh, she's she's in the SDLP in 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 uh, in I'd Derry. So so I'm trying to I'm trying to find people who are outside that norm. And I, I, so so I'm trying I've to find that. So. I seen a Catholic running for the DUP. Yeah, well, there's been there's oh there's a there's, I've been put in touch with a a, a gay a, a gay uh, person from from the UUP who who I'm hoping to talk to, and they keep saying to me, do you know we have a gay person? <laughs> I'm like, you know, don't be saying that if you're a press officer. So loud, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just just lads, play. You don't need to play it up as much as you did right now. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like look, but yeah, Brilliant. it's all good. Thanks so much, and thanks, and, Tony. I appreciate it. Gentlemen. Cheers, Tony. Take care, man. All the best. Cheers. I have a lot of time for Tony and what Tony does with Tortoise Shack. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I want you to uh, voices and stuff. Exactly. A trickster's world on the Twitter machine, lads, if you're if you're looking for them. Um definitely go come uh, at Trickster's World because um when as we as we discussed, when he's not joking and when he's not taking the piss. Um, he mostly, as its bio says, that he mostly it's mostly podcast stuff and bad jokes, but it's also a lot of current affairs, factual current affairs, because he is, um, he is an analytic man. He is a factual man, and he will have conversation in fact. Yeah. Um, you know, so great podcast. I definitely want to have him on again to talk further about things. And I'll, I went to his live show back in March. Um, in Sugar Club, and I'll be going again in May because it is a great, great night. Absolutely, yeah. I I haven't got one yet, but it it is on my list of things to do. Um, I'm 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 still in that phase post COVID where I'm, and it's probably because the wedding is on the horizon, and I'm just not I'm not good at crowds yet. I haven't built up me me bravery me bravery pants aren't fitting me just yet. Yeah, so, yeah. so I stay clear of crowds because I'm like I don't get COVID pre wedding. Well, just be um, just with this. We record this obviously midweek before it goes mm. out. Tony's just after going. We had a great chat, but he's all he's just after tweeting, and this is the, the such as the humor of of Tony. Just had a great chat with American Mania and Dan Joe Murray for what they called an upkill upcoming filler of what's the story podcast. <laughs> Tony is not an upcoming filler. Tony is the main his, event. His name will be on the marquee. His name will yeah. be on the marquee. He's facts. He's bro. he's he's not jerking any curtain. He's closing the show. You know what I mean? That's he's, it. Uh, he's he's headlining our WrestleMania right now. That's that's a fact. But uh, yeah, do check out Tortoise Shack. Uh, check out Echo Chamber podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan of Glow West. Doctor Caroline West is somebody I have a lot of time for. Enjoy yeah. her podcast immensely. Um, but yeah, it's look, it's. Ah, look, lads, the podcast world is mad 
and everyone and their granny is doing one now and everyone and their granny in the media has multiple podcasts but little independent podcasts that pop up are well worth paying attention to and as tony said in that podcast you will hear from voices you don't get to hear elsewhere and that's important check your sources always lads because you need to hear the story from every angle possible absolutely and if you follow as well um like tony's tony's partner in the podcast game martin um martin is a is a is a kind of a bundle of facts as well in terms of his coverage uh he's a whistleblower um and he's been in front of the public accounts committee as well so i yeah. would urge people to follow him at william h boney one william h boney one martin mcmahon and he is a treasure trove of facts and stories and opinion um as tony said on the pod that he might call somebody a gobshite but you know why are they a gobshite <laughs> those are the questions that need to be asked and answered graham but um yeah look that was it. it was a nice one to come back to really enjoyed that tony's a gent and uh no i'm not going to say that in review future episodes cuz fuck knows what'll happen no don't it, say it no, i'm not putting it, i put the yeah. markers on us once before it will not make sense weeks lined things. up but they might go tits up yeah, but we won't talk again in june Let's see what happens. But uh, until then, lads, look, you can get the previous 261 episodes that precede this one on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast, Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic. I, I botched this because we haven't done it in so long. Anywhere <laughs> and everywhere there's a podcast. You just search WTS Pod and you will find us. He is at American Mania. I am at Dan Joe Murray. Our guest is at Trickster's World. And uh, check out Porto Shack Podcasts. Raymer American until next time clear eyes full hearts can't lose too sweet too sweet <laughs>